Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for, well, currently weekly MLB content, saving the world one baseball podcast at a time. I am L. Jay LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how's school going? LJ, school's going good. Over the weekend, went and saw Syracuse destroy Louisville in the wonderful, uh, not actually not called the Carrier Dome anymore, but the stadium. Are they still going by the stadium? Carrier no longer has the naming rights to the stadium yet. I thought they they still did, but the school just decided to say, screw you. Honestly, I don't know. It's the dome. I'll just call it that. Saw the basketball team finally pick up a nice win. Even though Syracuse is struggling this year, they are 5-0 when students are on campus and at games. So, yeah. Also, it's my birthday tomorrow, so yeah, got a lot going for me. Also, a lot of work, but it's been good, LJ. How, how, how is it going over in uh, good old Boston? Boston is good. Boston is cold. Boston is snowy. Actually, it's been it's been so volatile the last, last week or so because we ended up, I'm not sure if, it, yeah, the uh, blizzards, the blizzard 22 as they're calling it, um, that didn't hit Syracuse, did it? Oh, no, we got quite a bit. We got quite a bit. <laughs> so we got two and a half feet. I don't see that as, like, calling it this disastrous proportion, this natural disaster of, like, the century. Like, people literally just were starting to call it the blizzard of 22 the day it happened. Doomsday, LJ. This is I, my I don't. I don't see that. Maybe it's the upstate in me, but two and a half feet, yes, it's a lot of snow. And, yes, it's something to be surprised about. And have a good chuckle over, but that's not like that's not 
the the cataclysm and then it's been it's been bumping up to like the 40s the last a couple times yeah it's been nice here i was out in a sweatshirt today walking to class after being bundled up like two nights ago but you're not here to listen to us talk about the weather unfortunately this is how we pass time in the lockout but that should be our goal for this show get big enough that we get mike trout on never ask him a question about baseball only talk the weather all right, that's our that's our ultimate goal. You heard it here first. LJ, we have quite a bit to get to on this episode. We will be ranking our top five designated hitters heading in to 2022. We will also be talking about the ESPN Top 100 MLB Players of All Time list that was recently released, uh, I believe, like a week ago is when they started dropping uh, the list and it uh, has now uh, been fully released. And um, yeah, we let's let's get right into it, LJ. I'll let you kind of take take this away because you uh, texted me about this list. We were talking about it quite a bit over text and prior to the show. So I'll let you uh, take it right away. Um, first, I do believe we want to talk about a recent LJ has gone on mute. Sorry, I had a little technical issue there. Um, no, we wanted to talk a little bit about a ongoing story that is now suddenly including the world of the major league of Major League Baseball, and actually given me a new Yankee, I hold a lot of respect for more respect for than probably any other Yankee that we've had here, Clint Frazier. Stepping into the spotlight after two a month and a half of silence on Twitter here to step in on the current Kurt Zuma controversy as he has been caught on video slapping and kicking his cat. Now, of course, the scumbag deserves everything that Clint Frazier is giving to him as he says, why don't you just give me your pet cat at Kurt Zuma since you like to video yourself abusing your pet. It's disgusting what you did to your pet. Good thing that right foot of yours is weak. Dude, put him in his place. It's pretty ironic that he's calling a soccer player's foot weak, but also at the same time, good for him. Uh, yeah, obviously. That we, are, we, are a, we are a pro. Uh, we are a pro animal rights podcast. Yeah, we're not a PETA podcast, but we're pro yeah, animal. No. Pro animals, um, certainly not pro animal abuse. We stand with Clint Frazier in this. Clint Frazier, though, is such an intriguing uh, internet personality. First off, I have to love his bio currently, Scranton Rail Riders Forever. Not sure if you've seen that one. Yeah, because he's no longer on the Yankees, but um, hopefully he does good with the Cubs. Um, Either way, look, this man certainly standing up for what's right. And you were telling me before, um, he's picked a couple fights with other people. Yes, I remember seeing on Twitter one day, um, so in the NFL, I'm sure if you're an NFL fan, you know who uh, Pat Mahomes is. Well, Pat has a brother uh, named Jackson Mahomes who went on TikTok uh, and at one of the Chiefs games, they were playing in in Washington against what is now called the Washington Commanders. And 
They have one of their one of the best players in their franchise's history is Sean Taylor. They were retiring his jersey number that day. And Jackson Mahomes thought it was a good idea to do a TikTok dance on Sean Taylor's number, which was painted onto the sideline. Um, and Sean Taylor, rest in peace, he did unfortunately pass away quite a few years ago. But Clint Fraser got wind of this and was not happy. I believe the tweet said something along the lines of, like, are you serious, bro? Like, there's there's no way this is real. So... Clint Frazier, LJ, he does not put up with any BS. Uh, I think that that's, that's one thing that we've learned. And no, especially with the way the Yankees game. screwed around with him, uh, I think it's safe to say that he's he's happy to be gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, total amount of uh, BS that he t- took went solely to the Yankees, and he's run out. Um, also seeing him putting Pete on blast a couple months ago and calling Jake Paul a problem child without the E. Interesting life this man leads. Hopefully he can get some playing time in the league. Uh, Yankees were trying to trade him for a long time and eventually just let him walk. Uh, Hopefully he's doing better, though. I know he did have um, some serious issues he was going through he had a vertigo he had very bad like migraines and eye issues so hopefully he can make a full recovery uh and eventually get back to the bigs all right lj are we ready for mlb daily turns into first take 2.0 i know we were talking about this on our last episode um but show i mean i i don't really think that we're gonna get into too big of a, uh, a a disagreement here. Me and you oh, are there's pretty no disagreement. much on the same lines here. There is no disagreement. This list that ESPN has now put out a list of the top 100 baseball players of all time. Now, their methodology is where I'd like to start here on why this is the single worst list that you could possibly have. So they started with an initial pool of 200 players from major leagues and the Negro leagues, and then asked i believe it was all of their baseball writers um dozens of espn editors and writers to contribute to a balloting system that pits players from the list against each other in head-to-head voting the question we posed based on combination of career value peak performance which player would you rank higher and so it was based around yeah career war hall of fame status peak performance and overall contributions to the game Um, A couple methodology issues I have here I'd like to start with. First off, I know there's other people that are knowledgeable, but if you want to actually make a good list, why are you going anywhere outside of your baseball editors and writers? Like, that should be the extent of of where you go with this ranking, is the baseball experts. The second thing is, who on earth thought a head-to-head voting system is the correct way to do this? Like, like that's not... Explain to me how that is going to give you an accurate result, because it certainly didn't here. Yeah, uh, you know, I I don't really know. At least the thing I like about this list is not the actual, like, rankings of the players. It's (laughs) how after the list came out, they asked the writers these questions. Um, I'll read them off. Number one, what is the number one thing that stands out to you when looking at our top 100 Number two, which one player's spot on the list jumps out to you as being too high? 
Number three, which one player spot on the list jumps out to you most as being too low? And what two players would you swap on the list? And you have some good opinions in there. You got a, a Jeff Passan, Buster Only, David Schoenfield. You have good writers giving opinions here. And they actually are very tough on the list. So, while that is something that I like for sure, the methodology is just a little strange to me. And... Sure, I'm not saying that it's easy to come up with a methodology to rank baseball players, especially because you have such a difference between pitchers and hitters and how we value them and what stats we have to look at. But, LJ, I just feel like some of these are a little... Uh, I don't even know. It's, just a, it's, it's, it's a little strange, some things on this list. Well, let's go through some of the controversial ones. Um of course, number one is probably the most important spot to put. Babe Ruth, it's not that high a take. Um, I, I don't think anyone really has a problem with him being number one. Where people, ha- some people are having a problem is at number eight, Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds currently sits in this list behind Babe Ruth, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, Ty Cobb, Ted Williams, Lou Gehrig, and Mickey Mantle. Brandon, your thoughts? Crazy. Um as much as I like all these other players, I will always say that Barry Bonds is the greatest baseball player of all time. Statistically, sure. Can you make the argument for all seven guys in front of him that they can be there? Absolutely. Like, you can make that argument. However, um, we need to realize that, like, stats, sure, they translate over eras very well in baseball, but... The competition that Barry Bonds was facing, the pitchers, just overall, the way the game was, the talent level was way better. So, like, Bonds is clearly the most talented hitter of all time. You ask pretty much anybody, and they're going to tell you that. Not saying Ruth wasn't talented, because obviously for his era, he was ridiculous. And I have no issue with him being considered number one, but... The pitchers that Bonds was facing versus the pitchers that pretty much every guy in front of him was facing is just night and day a difference. So I think that's why that's my case for having Bonds won. But um, I wouldn't mind if it was Ruth or Aaron or Mays or Ty Cobb or even Ted, Ted Williams. But I just think you have to throw Bonds at least in that top five there. Yeah, I can understand it. I can understand where he is. First off, I will say, in my opinion, there is a drop off past eight. Looking at this list, as of right now, given everything we know right now, I don't pick anyone outside of that top eight at number one. Anyone, anyone else, I would have had a problem with. All those guys, I can see somebody making uh, a reasonable. Cy Young, or no? No. Fair then. No, that's fair. Or Trout eventually. Yeah, exactly. Trout eventually. We're going to get to Trout in a minute. But yeah, I just think if you look at Barry Bonds, this is how I justify it. The PEDs are definitely being taken into account. They were taken into account by all of these baseball writers that just kept him out of the Hall of Fame. Well, first off, Hall of Fame status was considered among all of this. And so that certainly dragged him down a little bit as well. But it is not fair as much as I'm not going to completely, I'm not going to demonize him for taking them, 
but I cannot fully credit the stats that he got during the time that we're pretty sure he took. If you put him, if you take out the war he received during the time that it was, it's well known that he was doping, then he gets to about a hundred war, I believe, which certainly that career war does not necessarily track with most of these guys above him. And neither does the seven year, the seven year peak war. It still puts him in that top eight though. It still puts him in the top eight. Yes, 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 it does. And the other thing that you can't, can't take into account is um you can't take into account is what he would have done he still would have been an all-star caliber player through that whole that whole stretch probably an mvp caliber player in most of those years as well he just wouldn't have been as crazy good as he was so with the stuff that we know is clean and can justify i don't see a case statistically where he is truly above and beyond any of these guys. Honestly, I don't even necessarily see a case where statistically he's above and beyond all of these guys with the steroids. And then you have the uh, very key words here, I think, at least for me, overall contributions to the game. This man has kind of become the de facto face of the steroid era. And the steroid era, including him, basically set the, the respect of the league in the eyes of the public back 10 years. So I think that also does have to account something to him. So overall, that's how I can understand him not making it any higher than eight. I can't put him any lower than that, though. I'm going to go through a few other notable um, names. Actually, I had another question. I was oh, go ahead. To, um, can we move on to Mike Trout here is the highest active player. Yeah, I was going to go through all the active players with, on the list. With 15. He is at 15 right now, Brandon. I'm not sure how I feel about this right now. I think very much so, as long as he doesn't have more injury prone injury seasons like this last year, if he can stay healthy through most of the rest of his career, he is clearly a top 10 talent in my eyes. But at age 29, Brandon, do you feel like he actually has earned this spot over DiMaggio, over Clemens, over Cy Young, over Tom Seaver? I think it's a very interesting placement because if he was to retire right now, like tomorrow, are we putting, are we really putting him 15th best ever? (laughs) I feel like a lot of it is predicated on what he's going to do in the future, which was not in the methodology that you read. Um, So we already see some inconsistencies there. We're going to see some throughout the entire list, but yeah, little little strange again he has the talent i just don't think he has executed enough on that talent to give him the 15. yeah especially because clearly what they're going for is the best resume like that's that's what the list is it's the 100 best players with like the best resumes and mm-hmm. trap's got a lot i mean three mvps is no joke i think the i think bonds is the only one with more than three um but i don't, I don't know uh let's just hope that this turns out well for him that he moves up the list as as he should uh he's gonna pass ken griffey jr in war next next time we play baseball um so yeah the other active players on the list so trout at 15 albert Pujols at 30 clayton kershaw at 52 miguel cabrera 59 
Max Scherzer, 65, Justin Verlander, 72, and Bryce Harper, number 94. LJ, uh, I'll let you talk about whoever there, or touch on all the guys if you want. Just uh, how do you feel that those active players, how do you feel um, the rankings of those active players hold up? Miggy at 59 is an absolute shame. Yeah. You cannot tell me he is not a top 50 player of all time. Miguel Cabrera is a top 50 player of all time, and it should not be up for for any question. The fact no. that over the past five years, he's put up a combined negative 1.1 war, like, you shouldn't hold that against him because in the years prior to that, he put up 70. <laughs> so, I mean, yes, he's been really bad lately. But he received MVP votes in every single year of his career from 2003 when he debuted until 2016. We can talk about this another day, but I think he also, his career took place in a very interesting time, I think, him and Pujols, for a player like him. Because at this point, we were like just on the cutting edge of all the health and the fitness and all of that. I'm not sure necessarily that we knew how to take care of bodies correctly during all of this, because it seems very interesting that these power hitters have fallen off a cliff. So, so far, they look just, they, they aged very rapidly when they did. So, I mean, again, I think if you put him in the modern game with modern training, he doesn't have that drop off. Modern pitch tracking too. And all that stuff. Like it's yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a great it, point, actually. He so he he talent wise, if we're going, if we want to use, let's just to pick on this list, let's use Mike Trout as a litmus test. If we're just talking about the talent alone, there's no reason he'd ever be a 59. I personally think there's too many old players on this list. Yep. It's like if we look at a top 100 NBA list, there's too many George Mikans and not enough LeBrons that simple there should be more active players and players that recently retired on this list and not that the players that played 60 70 80 90 over 100 years ago not that they don't matter because clearly they do and that's what that's what makes baseball so such a great sport is the rich history but there's some guys that just got shafted on this list um i'd like to bring up one it might not be the most um the first one a lot of people think of Paul Goldschmidt is somebody who should be breaking cracking this list also we can get to it in a minute but Bryce Harper I, I feel like is a little low especially if we're basing the modern players on talent who haven't gotten to finish out their whole career because he certainly has he has it but if we're talking Paul Goldschmidt this is a guy who offensively throughout his career and through age 34 He's on par, if not better, offensively than Ken Griffey Jr. at the plate. If we're looking at it strictly at the plate. Defensively, he was also a standout player for a lot of his career as well. So at what point do you consider these guys? At what point do you consider some of these older guys who aren't Miguel Cabrera, who aren't? And what about Joey Votto? I was just going to say Joey Votto and LJ, I have a great stat. I used this for 
um, justification for one of my Hall of Fame busts. I think it was for Manny Ramirez or maybe Todd Helton. Um, every single player that has had a career slash line of 300, 400, 500 is pretty much in the Hall of Fame um, if they didn't take steroids or have something like that attached to their name. I'm pretty sure it's everyone who has no like gray area surrounding their name. Everyone who's had that stat line for their career has made it. I think that Joey Votto is a top 100 player ever. What he's done, his on-base percentage for his entire career, dude is also one of the best second-half players in the in league history. He's got an MVP. He's got a gold glove to his name. And he just came back and had a fantastic season getting MVP votes. I really think that that he's a snub uh, for a current guy. And you could even go and put a guy like like Mookie Betts and say, his talent-wise, how is he not a top 100 talented player ever? Nolan Arenado. Nolan Arenado. I mean, there's a lot, lot of guys. You could even stretch it. And I know LJ hates this guy, but Manny Machado, him and Arenado are on very similar career paths when you look at their war season by season. Other than the gold gloves, which Arenado gets every year, the war is exactly the same. The accolades are pretty much exactly the same. Arenado's never going to get the respect because, of course, to be fair. Right. Um, But there's a lot of cases to be made for more more of these these modern guys. Yeah, but, I mean, again, I don't know. Because at the end of the day, too, it's... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You're never going to be able to properly, as Mike Trout proves, you're never going to be able to properly show a person's career until it's well, well in the rear view. That's why there is a hiatus between retirement and Hall of Fame induction. That's why you have to wait some time because you need that distance to be able to give yourself a proper perspective on things. So maybe we'll see. Maybe they'll try to do this again um, in a few years when we have the next MLB lockout and they need some, some form of baseball content to do at ESPN and they'll do this top 100 again. And all of a sudden we're going to see Joey Votto. We're going to see Paul Goldschmidt in here. Um, that that's, that's where I'm thinking, but was there anyone else that particularly you felt needed to be talked about? Uh, can I like read this like, little thing that uh, Buster only said about Babe Ruth. So when on um, for the question which one player spot on the list jumps out to you as being too high, only said Babe Ruth and he said he's not the greatest ever other than Jackie Robinson. He's the most transformative player in baseball history and how he changed the sport. But Adam Ottavino's right. He would strike out vintage Babe Ruth repeatedly. The sport evolves and that's kind of what I was saying earlier. Also, you one you can't judge amount of error though. No, no, no. But that's not what he's saying. Like, I think he's saying that Ruth number one is maybe 
a stretch, but two or three is fine. I I get I think, it though. I think yeah, Babe Ruth gets Babe Ruth gets very easy. You have to admit, and this isn't going to be me trying to get salty, but there is no way he is this this well regarded or loved in the modern game because every historical indication shows a questionable personality through a lot of his career, specifically the time in Boston. I mean, the talent, talent and money weren't the only reasons that they moved him. In a lot, in a lot, in part, it also was clubhouse culture related to from everything I've come to understand, of course. Um, so if you had Babe Ruth in the modern, modern Boston media, if you had Babe Ruth in the modern New York media, it would be brutal. And frankly, I could see it playing out a lot like Kurt Schilling, where the media he hates him so much that they just make everything about his, about his life more difficult if they have the opportunity. It's it's certainly so, interesting. So you, you're not going to see him this high without the tint of a much more kind, much more, um, much less in the way media. Jeff Passan said Ken Griffey Jr. is overrated. He said, as much as it pains me to slight my childhood hero, uh, that it is crazy to be tempered enough by his injury riddled back half to suggest that he had the 13th best career in history and it's as much as i know people loved ken griffey you you like look at the last half of his career and it's yeah a lot of injuries not good had he stayed healthy clear home run leader for all time um and i get that and then passon also said oh almost forgot Mariano at 31 is absurd. So we've got quite a, and that's what I like about this. A top 100 list in baseball, there's so much debate where you look at the NBA 75 list that came out and there's maybe two or three guys that you can argue like should have been on the list. But other than that, like you don't really see a lot of other names getting thrown on that list. Like everyone's just been saying Clay Thompson, Dwight Howard, and that's pretty much it. Like nobody else has any other names that they want to throw on there. Where LJ and I just sat here and we could have put a bunch of modern guys and we didn't even talk about other guys that aren't in modern. the modern game. No, and probably if we scratched our heads a little longer, we could have found a few more guys from this game because we didn't touch pitchers. No. We didn't. Um, Wait Jacob a minute. DeGrom? What the hell? Was Jacob DeGrom, DeGrom was not on this list. We both thought of that at the same time. That is... Oh. That wow. is a bad take. Wow. Um, If you're going to put Trout 15, it's crazy to not put Jacob DeGrom on the list. And that's why I also would, would like to have seen the other 100. Because, first off, I'd like to know who decided on the pool 200. But I would like to see what other 100 players got put into this contest. Yeah. But All right. DHs. DHs, designated hitters. The top five designated hitters heading in to the 2022 season. LJ and I both had 
the same list of five, but in a different order. So we will be doing our composite list. Starting at number five is a guy who has been tearing it up uh, pretty much his entire career. Uh, he had a very good season in 2021. Postseason, however, was not good, uh, at least in the World Series. Uh, ALCS was very good, and it's Jordan Alvarez of the Houston Astros. Uh, look, the guy's young. He's played in only 233 games and already has seven career war, which for a DH is a very, very large number, especially because this guy sucks in the field, uh, and the Astros know that. That's why he's he's the DH. And he still is putting up a three-war season uh, with 600 plate appearances, 33 homers. Uh, I had him ranked number four on my list. LJ had him at number five. Yeah, look, I think we need to start with the fact that almost all of these players, except I think number one, had nearly identical stats, at least from a like an OPS plus standpoint this year. And very most of them are considerably around the same area for their career. And so there's very little dividing this other than overall personal feelings on their game, watching them play in their career. And I just, you know, I need to see a little more out of Jordan. And it's not to discredit him. Again, there's five, five people on this list and we just put a 24 year old on there. The rest of these guys on this list are much older, much more experienced and know a lot more at the plate. They've had a lot more time to learn. So overall, I think I need a couple more years of this Jordan to be able to move him up, or of course, somebody takes a major fallback. But this is certainly is not meant as a slight on him. Now, LJ, quick question, but I can't ever remember a guy being this young and being a primary DH. Can you? Because... It just seems like that the young guys, they stick them somewhere in the field. Uh, I really can't think of anybody else. I'm not sure when Ortiz started to DH, but... That's what I was checking. I couldn't remember if it was a primary thing in... Uh, yeah, it looks like... 2000, pretty... 2000, age 24. Minnesota play, In Minnesota, he played 87 games at DH. Still very rare to see a DH this young. Uh. Oh, absolutely. And it's, I don't know. I feel like, yes, it's the right thing to try to be able to develop and salvage some sort of defensive ability out of a guy. But most of these guys, you're going to know they either can or can't do it by the time they get to the league. Yeah. And it, sure. it's different too, because and it's sometimes it's, these guys don't have like the tools. Like, you're not going to like this, but Rafael Devers has put together one good defensive season. One. I, I'm not willing to admit it. But you cannot deny that he has a good arm. So if you're the Red Sox, you got to kind of put him at third base, give him the position, and see if he can grow into it because he has the athletic tools to be able to play the position if things get come together. But it, ha it hasn't. Like, I can't blame him for that. But at the same time, with a guy like Jordan Alvarez, those tools aren't there. You need, you're better you're better off just getting him into that DH spot and locking it in for the next 10 to 15 years. Well, LJ, that's a beautiful segue into our number four DH because this guy is the reason why 
Rafi Devers is not the DH of the Red Sox, and it's J.D. Martinez. J.D. Martinez, who not only played for the Tri-City Valley Cats, a team very close to LJ and I, but also the Saratoga Phillies, which was a part of the... Was that the PGCBL then? I think it was PGCBL. The Perfect Game Collegiate Baseball League. Um, yeah, J.D. Martinez, Saratoga guy, apparently. Uh, <laughs> but he comes in at number four. He was an all-star in 2021, led the league in doubles. Definitely bounced back after what was a rough 2020 for the whole Boston organization. Um, and it's nice to see J.D. Martinez bounce back because this has been a guy who has been about as consistent as you could be for a DH really since 2015, since he left Houston. Or 2014, excuse me. Yeah, and a lot of this too, he ended up at three for me, four for you, or five for you, I believe, was it? Yes, five for me, three for you. Yeah, we're talking uh, career 134 OPS plus out of this guy. But more importantly, I feel very comfortable saying that this he is the, the smartest or one of the five smartest hitters in the league. And that's how he gets it done. And that's how, with the exception of two inexplicable sections of the last well 2020 and then august of 2021 you don't see him truly struggle maybe that maybe the home runs aren't there but he is always going to be a smart hitter overall consistent and he's going to perform on a consistent level overall the intelligence is why i put him above the next guy we're going to talk about and that guy is Nelson Cruz, he came in at number two on my list and number four on LJ's list. And this guy is just the ageless wonder. He is the Adam Vinatieri of the MLB. This guy keeps sticking around and is just so good at what he does. You know he's coming into a season. He will play every game at DH or more than likely every game at DH. He will hit 30 home runs, which he did once again. And he's going to drive runners in when you need him to. This guy is one of the most clutch hitters, at least when I watch Nelson Cruz hit. And it's always against the Yankees. This freaking guy steps up and does something. I remember there was a game against the Twins where the Yankees were up by one going into the ninth inning, and Aroldis Chapman gave up back-to-back -back home runs to Josh Donaldson and Nelson Cruz. And it had to be one of the worst feelings ever, especially after when Josh Donaldson went on the whole thing calling out Garrett Cole and whatever. Just to see Nelson Cruz, this freaking 40-year-old, 41 years old ever old he was, just hitting a walk-off bomb on my team. It sucks. This guy is just so good, though, LJ. And me and you were both very scared when we saw that he got traded to the race. Yeah, that wasn't a comfortable feeling. Um, overall, yeah, you hit, hit it right in the head there. This guy's been a monster for a very long time. This is going to sound stupid, but we're talking about, four, at this point, four of the best hitter, hitters in the league guys who are focused on hitting 
if you're focused on hitting, even if you are a power hitter, I would have liked to see a few more seasons above 300 from him. Yeah, but and the strikeouts are up there, but he does draw a fair share of walks. He does, but and I'm curious to check on this. Yeah, Stanton didn't have it either, but Stanton's a very different beast um, in my mind in terms of especially in terms of past play more past play more than recent performance but i can give him a more of a benefit of the doubt i don't know there's just something about no there's something about nelson cruz maybe it's maybe it's watching jd but i couldn't put him above him with that and cruz is a free agent so uh interested to see where he's gonna sign uh a lot of different places. I believe that they said that the DH will be universal. So, yeah, 30 teams really could fit on about 20 of them at this point. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to see. That'll be something to watch out for. Guy's one of the best hitters in the league and one of the oldest players in the league as well. All right, number two, it is Giancarlo Stanton of the New York Yankees. LJ ranked him number two. I ranked him number three three uh yeah lj what um what made you rank stanton over both jd martinez or and and a nelson cruz but especially cruz i know this is one season but it's 59 bombs yeah <laughs> like i don't, i find it hard for people to devalue what this guy was capable is capable of especially now being able to solely focus on the hitting when he was also playing an everyday fielding position this guy was easily like you you felt pretty good that if he stayed healthy for 150 what 115 plus games he was going to hit 30 bombs easily his his two seasons in which he played 150 plus were 39 or 59 and 38 home runs and his 145 year was 37. So when this guy has been healthy, he just hits bombs. And that's really what you're looking for at your DH is to be able to get runs across the board like that. Look, if he stays healthy, he stays here for this and, and, and performs. You know, honestly, he could perform much better than he did last season, I feel like. I feel like he has more in him than he did, than he showed in 2021. But another injury prone season like if you if you get another 20 I, I can't even say 2019 2020 that's not fair to him but like if he ends up with another season where he plays less than half the games I think that's going to have to really start hurting his his value as a designated hitter just not the, the lack of availability is a big kick to him and why for a while I was flip-flopping him and JD yeah I, I... I agree with everything you said. Uh, the one thing with Stanton, and I get what you mean because you watch him, and it's like, I feel like this guy could do so much more, yet you look at his stats, and he's still, for his career, 43% better than the average hitter. And what I've always wondered, LJ, yeah, he hits the 59 bombs in 2017. What if he plays that whole 2019 season with the juiced ball? Yeah, that would be ridiculous. Well, honestly, the more I look at this, yeah, availability is the only thing keeping him from, you know, he could rival for that top spot and certainly solidify this two spot for me because 
every single season he's played a normal amount of games he's played he's hit 30 bombs 116 games 2013 24 home runs 70 yeah honestly this speaks for itself 27 home runs in 74 games (laughs) you can't make this stuff up i mean he is a great home run hitter if he was around it'd be crazy it's a shame he didn't make the all-star game in either 2018 or 2021 but we will get him his first all-star game in pinstripes i'm sure all right number one on the list unanimous it is shohei otani of the los angeles angels uh, is there much we need to say lj or can you just kind of look at this guy's stats for pretty much his entire career hitting wise and well, um yeah, there's one thing I need to say, and this significantly helps his case. I mean, he is kind of has a 150 OPS plus sandwich with his first, his latest, his MVP season and his rookie season, both being ridiculous offensively with varying degrees of good uh, in the middle. Neither of those seasons was he healthy. Let me remind you that he, if I'm correct, he stopped pitching like a month into 2019. He had something wrong with his arm then. Arm issues, 100% issue. Screw with your swing. We saw it with Chris Bryant. We saw it with, um, who was it this year? Oh, Fernando Tatis had a little bit of an issue, but yeah. it wasn't that bad. Um, he, he recovered from that quickly because he's a monster. But yeah, so I refuse to believe that a 121 OPS plus that year was indicative. He was even more hurt in 2020. So, he only pitched one inning in 2020. <laughs> Yeah, so in my eyes, healthy, like, if all of these guys are playing 164 games, whatever you want to say, um, you can pretty much count on Shohei Otani being the best out of this group by a wide margin. I still think sometimes at nighttime, like when I'm just laying there trying to go to sleep, like... Did we really see show like did did his twenty twenty one really happen in in modern baseball? Uh, it just it's so mind blowing to me, LJ. How you see these hitters who struggle to get a hundred OPS plus guys who their whole life have just been hitting, and you have Otani who's like, yeah, I'll come in, I'll hit forty six bombs. Uh, you know, lead the league in triples, because why not? I mean, I'll also steal 26 bases. Oh, yeah, and then um, I'm going to pitch 130 innings and strike out 150 guys, 3.18 ERA. It's just, it doesn't even sound like that's real. Like, it, it sounds like that you just created your guy on MLB The Show and you just gave him 99 everything and you just watched him play a season. Because... What player is doing this, LJ? What, when have we ever seen this outside of Babe Ruth? It just doesn't happen. And to be this good at both, it's not like he's average at both and that's what makes him good. He's legitimately an elite, one of the best hitters in the league, and at worst, like a two or a three in the rotation. Yeah, look, I'm just glad that both of us are at least respecting it at this point. Like we are putting a lot of respect on Shohei Otani's name 
And there's a lot of people here certainly who did not start believing. I was huge on him. You were you were so against him coming into 2021. I remember. I was. I was. I, I'm admitting it. But I, <laughs> I I turned around. No, you did. You did. You I did, turned around and um, certainly by the All-Star break, realized this, this man is the league and this man is the future of the league. So now I'm able to watch as he changes the game. And all of a sudden we're going to start seeing more and more of these guys. Not only are we going to see them coming from Japan, where everyone and their mother is going to want to be Shohei Otani now, but we're going to see a lot more two-way players because of the way this guy's changing the game. It's going to be, it's, it's going to be a part of how things go now. It is going to be a part of baseball for probably forever because of this guy. And he gets all the credit. LJ, to be fair, I will say, I was right on the Shohei Otani prediction, but since draft night for the NBA that one year, because I was at your house watching it, you have been all over Luca. So. I have been all over. I've been all over Luca. He made me a Real Madrid basketball fan. Yeah, that's how all over I am. I am. But. Do we have anything else we want to talk about? I think we're a little over on time, no, honestly. I think, I think we're good. All right. Well, thank you for listening. This was actually a nice episode, nice chill episode. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about hopefully more lockout news as they will be meeting Tuesday the 8th through Thursday the 10th. Hopefully we have a little more news come next Monday. But until then, thank you all for listening. Check us out on the socials, uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all at MLB Daily Pod. And uh, yeah, we'll see you. Hug your kitties, hug your puppies. See ya. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.